interesting watching these baseball salaries coming into play. Who's the pitcher you told me about, Scherzer? Max Scherzer, yeah. $43 million. And you say he's owed more? Yeah, his old team owes him 15, so I think he makes 57 mil next year. 57 mil. So, uh... Carlo Koliakovo, uh, ex-Leaf and now broadcaster, started tweeting all the major salaries in the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and he put hockey and McDavid at 12.5 compared to the 45s and the 43 million you just spoke of. Curry, of course, 45. Patrick Mahomes, 45. And there's poor Connor McDavid at 12.5, which is... Just a bench player a, in the a NBA. A good salary. Is it good? Yeah, that seems okay. Better than what Alan May and I made <laughs> in the late 80s, early 90s, don't you think, Albie? Uh, we were living large, though, Nikki. so it all, all goes <laughs> with the times and what was there. We felt like we were billionaires back then, but oh. little, did, little did we know how much more you need to live you know, later in life. The Benjamins were flying down at the third edition in Georgetown. How are well, you? Beers were free. Beer, beers were free, and they only cost a buck if, if you ever had to pay for them. So it wasn't too bad of a time back then. But I'm doing great. Uh, I got a pretty good job because the team that I've been covering all these years uh, is always near the top of the standings, and we've got the great eight, Alexander Ovechkin, that uh, just does not seem to age at all. So it's it's been work has been absolutely phenomenal all these years. This was supposed to be the year that he might slow down. This was the year that everybody said that possibly. Even if he dropped down to 30 goals, 35 goals would still break the record in five years. But I, I'm shocked at not only the goal production, but now the playmaking and no no backstrom all season. Explain. Well, I think there's a couple things here. Well, for, first of all, I, I have never doubted Ovechkin. I, I was a big fan of his before I got into the television and radio and. I was just amazed those first couple of years he came in the league. And any time I got to see him in person, it was even more spectacular. A lot different player now than back then. But I, I think he's be, become more of an intuitive goal scorer. You know, he's all, of the goals he's gotten this year, he's only got one from his so-called office. And he scores every type of goal now. There's rebounds. You know, there's deflections. He's getting closer to the net. He goes to the right side. He's got the backhand going. He scored some nice breakaways. But I just look at his overall body work, his defensive game. And I, and I attribute this a lot to Peter Laviolette and Kevin McCarthy coming in here and, and changing the, the system of play for the entire team, because there's no way you'd think they'd be, should be winning with the amount of rookies they've used and call-ups and Ovechkin and Kuznetsov. And a big reason, and no one's talking about him enough is we're getting to see the really, really good Evgeny Kuznetsov, the guy that we saw in 2018, the guy that we saw in the playoffs that year, and he's been great every single game. He's been lighting it up, uh, and he's improved in all different areas. He was getting, he was pretty hot about four or five games in a row. He was on top of the faceoffs, uh, never a strong point for him. He got schooled a little bit last game by, by Jordan Stahl, but I think everyone does in the National Hockey League. He's carrying about a 60% average, but Kuznetsov's been dialed in physically, defensively. they got to kill him penalties now. And every night, almost every night, he's number two in the penalty-killing uh, you know, time on ice. So those two guys have been going great. And I just think they've been carrying this team until this team started getting the other guys and everyone else started to contribute. And they've had a lot of guys missing. You've got Backstrom, Oshie, and Mantha from the top six. And you had Lars Eller out for a while. You had Dowd out, you know. So this team, the strength for years was the center, 
And then all of a sudden, they only had one center in the lineup as a regular, and that was Kuznetsov. Is is Ovi working harder, or is he working smarter? I think it's a combination of the both things. And he's he's just been so much more dialed in. You know, one of the things I attribute this to as well is there's this little kid that goes to practice named Sergei Ovechkin. He goes to every single practice, his son. Mm-hmm. And I think Ovi's taking it very serious that, you know, setting an example for his son. So he's front and center in front of the coach at all times now. Uh, he, he looks like he's paying attention, and he's more dialed in on practices. So I, I just looked at that, and the other night against Carolina, or the other afternoon, I, I thought he did an exceptional job uh, defensively all game long of adhering to the system, you know, getting in lanes, digging for pucks, blocking shots, doing everything he had to, and that goes a long way uh, in, you know, play, you know, being a leader and doing it, you know, the Mark Messier way. And that's leading by example. And, you know, before it was, you know, Ovi tried to carry the team on his back offensively. Now he's doing a lot of everything. And that, that has really shined through this season. And if you were to go to a practice, you'd see what I'm talking about because you never used to see that before. It's not to say he didn't work hard. It's just to say that after all these years, and I know that myself later in my career, I was kind of bored in practice. And uh, always motivated to play, but bored in practice, especially when they're the same old, same old every day. But yeah, he's been so dialed in, it's been incredible to watch. I'm really curious about the fill-in guys on this roster right now. You mentioned the injuries, and you know, going through the Capitals' like depth chart, guys that are playing right now, Alexi Protas, Beck Malinston, and Martin Fetterberry playing a lot. Like, I guess i got to give a lot of credit to the GM there for finding a lot of these guys and developing some good young players. Well, I, I look at, you know, what the coach and general manager, assistant general manager, the general manager, assistant general manager uh, is in charge of scouting here. And all these players that they've had, and then Hershey's done a wonderful job. There's a guy named, there named Scott Allen now who's been the associate coach there for a couple of years and the head coach now. And they've done a really good job of showing and, and talking to these players what you're going to be when you get to the NHL, what you need to do. And most of the draft picks are studs coming out of junior hockey, you know, wherever they are whether it's the USHL, the North American League, you know, any of the Canadian League. And it's, you know, they're all school scores, but they've got to change their game. Like how many guys are going to be the number one left winger in the Washington Capitals? One guy. And, you know, if Mantha's healthy, he's, he's number two. So you've got to really find your role. And when you can get guys to buy into their role and that they're going to have to learn how to play 8 to 12 minutes a game, 12 to 16, when they're used to playing 25 to 35, depending where they were at. Uh, you, you have that buy-in, but I think the coaching in the American Hockey League has been critical. The direct, you know the guys that are part of player development and the coaching staff here, I think they deserve a lot of praise for not being afraid to to put these guys on the ice. And it started on that California road trip a couple weeks ago. Alexi Protus uh, was out the last minute of every period. He was out in overtime. Garrett Pilon, who was called up, who was Hershey's leading scorer at the time, he was out in critical roles. Uh, actually, you know, some Fialbi, another kid that was just sent back because someone came back healthy. But by and large, every single game, they've had five and six rookies in the lineup every game, and they haven't hidden them. They've let them play, and they put them in different situations. I think the growth factor has been phenomenal. And when you talk about Martin Ferrari, I suggest you guys watch, try to watch the Capitals games a little bit more. He's the Capitals' best left-handed defenseman right now with Dmitry Orlov. Mm-hmm. These guys are phenomenal, and he's the Caps' best skater on the backside. Uh, everyone thought Kempney was going to be here, but he had a tough go of it again. And Martin Ferrari, I don't think he'll ever play another game in the American Hockey League until, you know, unless he wants to when he's somewhere in his 30s. But right now, 
This kid is dynamite. He's up the ice. He closes the gap defensively. He's the most physical defenseman they have. And I think he allows John Carlson to get involved in the offense a lot more because his skating, he can go and, you know, John pinches up and gets caught maybe in a pinch situation. Saravari can get there and, and close out the play before it becomes an odd man rush. He's been spectacular. Alan, if we go by the unwritten rule of American Thanksgiving on whether or not you're on the right or the wrong side of it, uh, where do you put that metropolitan division? Who's going to end up fighting for a wild card spot? And can we see just three out of the Atlantic and as many as five out of the Metro? I, I thought at the start of the year, we were going to see five out of the Metro. And, you know, I, I believe that the New York Rangers were for real and that they'd be up and coming and we'll see if they faltered all. And they've been using their younger players and getting great mileage out of Panarin as always have been a jazz, a stud. Uh, Kreider has been on top of his game. So I've got them. I've got the Capitals. I'm still still expecting, you know, the Flyers to take off. You know, when they when they get everyone back in the lineup, it seems that they've never been able to be healthy. I expect them to be in it. I never count out Sidney Crosby. And they've been playing. You look where the Penguins have been with, with no Crosby and no Malkin for the majority of the season. Crosby gets back, and then all of a sudden he's on the COVID list. Uh, so you get those two guys back. They're a completely different team because then they're an attack team, and you're not asking players to play out of their role all the time. Uh, but I expect them to make a surge. Uh, the New Jersey Devils, I don't think they're quite there yet. Uh, the Flyers, as I said, I, I believe in them somewhat. The Carolina Hurricanes and the Capitals, to me, are the, still the cream of the crop of this division. And, you know, they got, they got all-round teams. The Capitals' defense, when they've got all six guys, uh, are really, really good. And I don't think they get enough credit for what they're doing, and neither do the defense on the Hurricanes. They've done a great job. They can all skate and play a two-way game, move the puck very well. But I, I still look at it. I expect there to be five teams out of the Metro when it's all said and done. Well, that has Boston out. Well, you know, Boston's been a tough one. You know, they, I think that they depend so much on their top line, and they seem to have so many guys slumping. Uh, everyone wants to blame their goaltenders, but I'm not sure I believe so much in their defense right now. And uh, I, I think they've got one of the best guys in the game, in Charlie McAvoy. Uh, and you start to look after that. I think a lot of guys are kind of inflated as to who people think they are as players. Uh, I just think it's going to be tough the longer they go on. If one of those big three is out for an extended period of time, and they certainly miss David Krejci. What a great, incredible two-way player he was to have. And all of a sudden, he's not in their lineup. Uh, they're not as hard to play against anymore. So when you look at these top teams, and I'm kind of parsing through you know, the Stanley Cup favorites of the groups, and, and I look at the Capitals, do they have the goaltending to win the Cup? Like, uh, How much has Sam Sonoff had to do with the, the hot start for this Capitals team? He's a 918 save percentage guy and uh, undefeated so far this season. Well, you look, he's, been, he's been good, but he hasn't been consistent. He just started to get his game going yeah. about a week and a half ago. Uh, Vitek Vanacek was actually carrying the team and took a couple losses on Samsonov, actually. But I honestly, you know, I see these goaltenders every day. Last year, they were both good. When you look at Samsonov's record over the last three seasons, it's one of the best in the National Hockey League when you go by win percentage. Uh, I, I think with the right team, I don't think if, if your defense is not good, if you don't have six good defensemen on your squad, certainly if you don't have a, a, a top four that can play, your goaltenders are never going to be good. I look in Edmonton. You know, all of a sudden, everyone's talking about their goaltending. They got a completely different-looking team now, and all of a sudden, everyone's talking about their goaltending. And I think, in some years, on some teams, it does not matter if it was Patrick Waugh, Martin Brodeur, Grant Fuhr, you know, Curtis Joseph. It does not matter if your defense aren't good and your team, your team play, your structure of your team play is not good. 
it doesn't matter what your goaltenders are. Eventually, they'll start leaking, and because they realize after they let in one goal, it's lights out for those teams. And I, I believe in the Capitals' young goaltenders right now, and I'll, I'll continue to from what I've seen the last couple of years. We're speaking to Alan May, Capitals uh, analyst for NBC Washington, and uh, also known for playing in every minor league uh, <laughs> in, in the history of mankind with Is hockey. Right? So, you know, it's been a crazy week, Alan. Between, um, you know, biting and throwing gloves between benches, I'm sure you got a couple of those stories in your, in your uh, bag of tricks over your years. Well, it's, well, you know what's funny is I always wonder when someone's biting someone else when they're in a scrum, how did the other guy's hand get in the other guy's mouth? Skipper said the same thing. Because I know when I played junior hockey, I fought a couple of rats that stuck their hands in my mouth, guys that used to scratch your face and gouge your eyes, just complete absolute morons. And if anyone's ever stuck their fi- if anyone's ever stuck their finger in your mouth, there's only it's a panic. And you're just terrified. And I've, I don't know if it's ever happened to you, Justin, in the leagues that you played in, but it happened to me. And they, the, the person paid for it. So I'm not going to say I did it. I'm not going to say I didn't do it. I'm just going to say that I'm just going to say the person paid for it. And uh, I ended up being teammates with one of the guys that did that to me. And he wouldn't talk to me when I get traded to that team. And I just made his life miserable. He later become one of my best friends in life because he wanted to be on the right side of the verbal attacks every day. <laughs> but, but I always said, what the hell were you doing sticking your hands in my face? I got up. I looked like I got in a fight with an effing tagger. And uh, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. But, you know, with all the leagues that I've played in, I've seen my share of just craziness. And hockey was so different back in the old days. But uh, it's, I'm not surprised that this stuff happens when guys lose their temper. And uh, I would never throw my glove on the bench. But I think <laughs> no, I, thought that's classless. Kind of, I, thought, I thought that was kind of funny the other day. But I, I, I've had guys throw their gloves at me on the ice. I've had helmets thrown at me, uh, puck shot at me. So I'm not surprised when I see it and I always get a good chuckle out of it. it, it you know, it adds fuel to the fire, especially for that, the world's ugliest place named Twitter. They, uh, they had the hearing, and I don't know if they're uh... – I guess they could come down with a, a result uh, momentarily, but it sounds like they're still going to take their time a little bit on it here. But I don't know in terms of what the hard evidence is. It always in the past has been what the video can show, but it really sounds like they're going to come down hard on them. Well, yeah. everything's about optics right now. So, you know, most of the suspensions uh, you, you see, there's no consistency. There's not enough consistency. And, and let's forget about the, the, this one right here, but just in all of the other things, the different hits that we have, uh, just different incidents in general. And, and I don't believe in, you know, like whether the guy did something in the past or not, repeat offenders. I, I think you should just clamp down on everyone the first time. They do it again. You clamp down on them even harder. And, you know, you don't get a free pass. And, you know, kind of like Brad Marsh and with the sleuth, what everyone's, you know, saying, what about P.K. Subban? Well, what about him? But Marshawn's done it numerous times. Uh, I know he hasn't done it for a while, but he still did it. Whatever happens, you know, I, I would like, I'd love to hear the hearing of Brendan Lemieux, what he had to say about this. And, you know, once again, those two guys look like they're both grabbing at each other's faces when they're in that scrum. So it's, and it's two guys that no one really likes in the National Hockey League. So I don't feel for either of them. So <laughs> it's, they're, they're, two, they're, hey, Nick, they're two guys that we'd yeah. be going after left and right. And the, co- the coaches would have gave us the green light on both of these guys. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't feel any sympathy for either guy from what comes out of wouldn't, this. Wouldn't uh, surprise me if he either uh, went with the gouging, uh, gouging eyes defense or I, I didn't bite him. That'd be a tougher sell. Yeah. 
well, you know, I don't Depends know if they the have bite marks in the, I don't know if they had bite marks in the hand, and then, you know, you could do that with your fingernails. But I, I, something something happened there. But I thought they were both grabbing at each other's faces, and it doesn't make one right and one wrong. Uh, I I just thought that those two guys, because you normally don't see it when they're when they're scrums anymore, or like after a fight or a battle. You, usually the guys just let up, and I, I I do not know what the entire you know penalty call on both of those was. But usually when you don't stop, you're supposed to get tossed or you get a 10 for sure. And I, I can't remember if that happened, but I do not think that that happened. But they just continued to go at it. And, you know, it's, it's funny. I was just listening to uh, Brad Marsh on, on or not Brad, Brad Marsh, excuse me, on the spit and chicklets. And I was and I was just laughing as soon as I heard his name, because I thought if the refs used, would have called the game by the book when he played, he'd be the NHL's all-time penalty mental leader because <laughs> he probably – he probably got five hooking, five holding, five slashing, you name it, every single shift that he was on the ice. And he could have had four and five penalties in one infraction. And, uh, you know, it, it's just funny, you know, what they let go and how long they let it go before players start taking advantage of it. Well, how did you feel about the guys taking it to the media after? Like, Do you want to see Brady Kachuk pipe up like that in the media, or is that too far for you? I know. I, I, you know what? I had no problem with that. I kind yeah. of wish there was more of it. But at the same time, I'd like Brendan Lemieux to let him have it right back. Yeah. and just go to town on him. And he, he could that would have been a great defense back there. But, you know, some teams let their players talk. Some teams don't let theirs. And, you know, uh, Kachuk's got a lot of personality. And uh, I, I kind of expected that from him. But I thought uh, Brendan Lemieux should have done the same thing and, you know, kind of argued, kind of argued his point of view as to what happened. And, you know, <laughs> I, I do believe that he bit him, but I want to know why. Was there a hand in his mouth or did he go after it? So it's... <laughs> It, it's the it's the same thing, you know. What came first? So it's I, I like I like when players show their personalities because I'm just like everyone else. I'm so bored of every player saying the almost every player saying the exact same thing in every interview. Every walk off interview is almost identical, and every player sounds like a good humble guy. But you put a few beers in them, they talk a lot different. I'd rather have that personality. I think we 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 got a segment here. Yeah, I, I think, think so. and, and Jerry Springer should be involved. <laughs> or mediated. Yeah. And then you just let two well, guys go at each other. Sold. It, it would it would be awesome because because we know. Look at the arguments you two guys have probably had working together for the last. Are month you or kidding so. me? I back down every time. I'm, I'm terrified. Still, give me time. I'll work up to did, it. Did you catch? No, but, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Did you catch Brad Marchand's comments about Panarin in general? If uh, if yeah. guys don't have yeah. thicker skin, then uh, what? This is the softest league ever. I loved it. Yeah, actually, I took his side on that one. And, you know, that's, you know, it's funny. Now, all of a sudden, you can't say anything about the, another country's president or prime minister or, you know, anything you can get. He didn't say anything racist. He didn't say anything homophobic. You know, it, it wasn't anything over the top. I know that we've all said, well, I know you and I did. And so it, I just look at it, and I, I'm with him. And, you know, he, he was just adding fuel to the fire for the next time those two teams play each other. It used to be just a competitive edge. That's all it was. Well, I, I, I like when players are, are all in and they're dialed in. And I honestly believe that Brad Marchand is the best left winger in the entire Eastern Conference of the National Hockey League. When you t- look at his all-round game from what he can do, physically, defensively, offensively, goal-scoring, playmaking, puck handling, his skill is phenomenal. He's an excellent worker. He's easy to hate, and I'd love to take a you know a crack at him if I was playing still, mm-hmm. and so would everyone else. But that's the beauty of that guy, and he is a phenomenal hockey player. 
And I believe he is the real engine of the Boston Bruins. And when he's not on the ice for those guys, when he's unable to play, they're at a loss because this guy is something else. He's got a, just a huge motor. And that guy has to, I believe he has to be, you know, a, a rat. He's got to, you know, with his size disadvantage, you know, that you would think it would be, he is highly competitive. And that's one of the parts that keeps him competitive. And, you know, I, I just, I don't want him to quit playing the way he does. Some of the stuff crosses the line, but, you know, we'll always have that. And people always eventually grow up. Well, you know, players who skate and play on the edge, they're always going to be that way to be effective. And when they quit playing on the edge, their careers are going to be over. Hey, Albie, you know what I got out of this interview today? <laughs> that Tell me. That you thought Ovi would have broken Gretzky's record by now if he would have had his kid 10 years ago. <laughs> no, well, no, I, actually, he, he probably would have broke the record had he not been locked out so many times. That's true. <laughs> Hey, whatever the case is, uh, it's working for him. Well, he's a pretty durable hockey player when you look at it. The only thing that's been able to keep him out of the, uh, you know, out of the game is actually not having games, and it's been lockouts, pandemics, and this guy's only missed forty-one or forty-two games in his entire career, and a couple of those have been suspensions for not going to the All-Star game, which is kind of ridiculous if you ask me. But at the same time. Uh, he's a phenomenal player. Gretzky is still the best goal scorer in hockey uh, until he's not. And no one will ever, I don't think anyone will ever be able to score 92 goals in this league again. Well, we really appreciate your time, Alan. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks so much, man. Uh, all right. Take care, guys. Alan May, former teammate of mine with the Washington Capitals, doing a great job now on uh, NBC Washington. We've got to have him on any time there's an interpersonal dispute in the league. I love I love his takes. I love we, we got some hard opinion there. Yeah, that was good. we that did. Was money in the bank. You know what? Yes, did, did, he's did, good. Did oh, we yeah. uh, ever read Jonathan Quick's response on the uh, Lemieux thing? Did you see what Quick said? Yeah, he came to his defense he really well. He defended Brendan Lemieux. He said, I have my own opinions about what happened or did not happen last night. And what I can tell you is that any comments that were made about Pep, as in Brendan, were garbage. He's a valuable player who sticks up for his teammates. We all support him, and I'd rather have him him on my team over that kid any day of the week. Love it. That's what you should say. You know, as long as he feels that way, then yes, absolutely. And by the way, you want Brandon Lemieux over Brady Kachuk? No, you don't. No. (laughs) It's not like Jonathan Quick has a choice. (laughs) I guess he (laughs) He can say whatever he wants. Yeah. He's just... This is the way it is. This is my teammate. And uh, until he's not my teammate anymore... This is the way I feel. I did not see our show in the wake of this incident as coming out as sneaky pro-biting, but yeah. I, that is the vibe we have pushed over the past two days. Got a question Kipper for you and May were the just like, yeah, ultimate I'm Pac-Man. okay with it. You guys want to do... This is, this is what the league's going through right now. You want to put, you put your fingers near my mouth? That's what you're going to hear. Chomp, chomp. Chomp, chomp, chomp. <laughs> uh, good hustle, Dan. You guys want to do... COVID, or do you well, guys want to do Premier League? It's probably Premier League. Nah, just a quick comment uh, okay. on the COVID. I, are you a lot more nervous today than you were a week ago? Yes. I, I got to be honest. I feel like it's a pretty large percentage that things are moving in a bad direction. Like 30% chance there's no Olympics? What is my I'd overstating? I'd higher. Yeah? I'm, I know nothing. No, no, I also know nothing. No, I don't. I don't. I just... Uh, I, what is the consequences for catching it? If if I'm a player here, 
And is there a chance that uh, I could lose my salary? Well, that is part of the thing this year, right? Like that if you're, if you're not vaccinated, though, I think if you're vaccinated, you still get paid. So, you know, that lowers. The yeah, risk I'm not sure extent. about that. I'm pretty confident. Are you? But, but okay, we'll, we'll, look, we'll look into it. Yeah. We'll look into it. But yeah, well, I don't know. New variant. Uh, yeah, that's a real concern. Bruce Cassidy now down. Is this going to be common now for the next little while? I mean, it's a long list league-wide, and we've seen a number of teams obviously go through it in a significant way. Um, you know, it's a bit, what do they do with this break in the NHL if they don't? They go to the Spangler? Is that what we're going to do? We're going to do the Spangler Cup? Spangler Cup takes... No one's going coming. anywhere if you're not going to the Olympics. So yeah. I guess we just watch people would simulate they, it on NHL they, 22 would they, would on they, Saturday they rejig the sked? Yes, and it's not easy. Oh, no way. Because really you've hard. got... Concerts, commitments stuff, yeah. ...in the building. So, it's a nightmare. Nightmare. So, we kind of joked around in the last few weeks. So, we look at the league and we think that there's only a handful of teams that would be considered, if we did a premier league, where six, eight teams maybe. Yeah, Coyotes, good luck in Division 3. And then we've got got the middle pack, Division Mm 2, and then Division 3. So I, I would be fascinated to watch our number one division, by the way. I've been thinking a little bit about this, and I don't know if it's necessarily should be the Premier League or the Champions League. Because the Champions League is where all the best teams from all the different leagues across Europe go to one to play. Well, so, we're not including the KHL. So. so no, but like if you're taking all the best teams from the NHL and putting them into like this this league that's atop, I'm a bit of a soccer hardo, so I'm, I'm kind of saying that. <laughs> so you want to be taking this? No one cares. Yeah, no one really cares. cares. But if it makes you feel better, we're <laughs> going to call it Champions, Champions League. League. Yeah, thank right. you. It does make me feel better. So, so I got 10. You've got 10. 10 teams. Want to hear them? I'm curious okay, to see no, who you, you missed. Just, I... Okay, we're going to put, we're going to let you go first and say Toronto. Toronto. Okay. Right, first, first, okay. first thing on the list. Well, why don't you go second, and uh, and we'll go until somebody says something stupid. All right. Well, then Florida. Let's just stick to the Atlantic. All right. Then I'm putting uh, I'm putting Washington in there. Okay. I got Tampa in there. Yeah, that's a no brainer. Um, yeah, we're starting to get it's starting to get a little bit. There's some decisions to be made, but uh, should we start the fight? Let's do the fight. I got Boston in. Oh my. God. How do you not put the Boston Bruins in your Champions League? Because you look at the bottom half of that roster. Their defense. Like, they're, I know they're a prestige franchise. You understand that first side off, of I it. I do think that, to your earlier point, that's at least a small part of this. So you can't have a Champions League without the Bruins. Yeah. yeah. Jeremy Swayman starting a, in the Champions League. There is a well, real there's threat. Teams, there's I assume, a real threat for them to miss the playoffs. No, certainly there's a threat, but I mean they're 11 and seven. They've only played 18 games. They're a 6-11 winning percentage, which league-wide puts them, I don't know, in the top 10. They're, I they're just, in mind. I just, uh, I don't. Uh, okay, so let's have Krejci, a category. A maybe. Krejci, Give them a maybe category. David Krejci out. They haven't replaced him. Correct me if I'm wrong. Has Nick Foligno scored a goal for him? I know he was hurt, but like, what are his numbers right now? You can hear that sound. You can hear is me googling, and that's not even a drop. That's real. So what is, like... Zero goals. In how many games? In 10 games, four assists, so dash he, three. He hasn't scored a goal since he's been a Columbus Blue Jacket. Correct. Been a while. And they gave him a not three one year, three. but two years. No. Three, didn't he? Did he get three? I thought he got two. No, it's two. He got two yeah. at how much? 
Three. That's shocking. <laughs> the Leafs would have paid it, would they not have? Not a chance. No. Not a chance. Like, that is... Oh, my God. 3.8. Sorry. 3.8 million. <laughs> and people are wondering about 2.5 for Nick Ritchie. It's true. How uh, do you... Same style. How I mean. does Sweeney give him that much money when he came off a hot-cold situation in Carolina and sub-zero temperatures in Toronto? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Okay. They're in the maybe in the Prem League. Okay. Can we stick with the I, theme here? I got one. I got one that maybe. Okay. I got one here. All right. I'm putting Pittsburgh in the Premier League. Oh, what are you doing? Uh, it's a legacy buy here. Well, you're going to legacy they're, buy they're, Pittsburgh they're trending, they're, tre- they're trending upwards. Gino's coming back. They got one of the better goaltenders in the league right now. I I, I like their last little bit. They're playing good defensive hockey. I, I'm putting Pittsburgh in my Premier League. I got them in the mix. In the I mix. got Division if 2. If Boston's maybe, then they're maybe at best. They are a Division Two team for me right now. Let's just stick in the Metro and say Carolina's in. For sure. Lock. Carolina. Check. All over Carolina. Yeah. So All right. How- it, gets, it gets interesting in the West. Let's go West. All right. The Central Division. Top, top three teams are Minnesota, St. Louis, Winnipeg. Sorry, Colorado's fourth. Any of those teams making the league? Yes. The yeah. question is, do you have many ahead of Edmonton? No. Well, Edmonton's in. To me, no-brainer, Edmonton's in. Calgary's in, Are they in, in the Champions League, though? Yeah, yeah. Edmonton and you Calgary are, are in mine, yeah. And who's the goalie that's going <laughs> to... Smike Myth. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's not a concern for you at all? I just feel like we've got to put some West teams in. You can't, you're not going to put the, the best teams in the Western Conference in your Champions League? I don't have, I don't have, It's a no-brainer. This is, a, this is just a shot at the Minnesota Wild. I don't have them in my league. You know, I, I've never, I don't watch them play one hockey game every... And it, like, they got... No stars, barely. Heavy East bias to Big the show time. right now. But I'm, I'm putting Conference. Colorado in there. Colorado's in. Okay, Colorado's a full check. You're getting yeah. given a check there, Kipper? Yes. Yes, okay. So Colorado gets the full check. Um, Vegas. In. Vegas is they're, in. They're in. In. 571, 12-9 team. Uh, they're also getting a check for me. Yes, here comes the Champions League music. <laughs> I love it. And, and one, of the, one of the great talents coming soon. Yeah. To a Vegas rink near you. Okay. So Colorado and Vegas in. So then I think the four teams now we're, we're debating are Calgary, Edmonton, Minnesota, St. Louis. Okay, let's discuss Calgary because they've been terrific. 705 winning percentage, 13,405. But I just don't know how good they are yet. I mean, my goodness. They've got some issues down the middle. They're currently the best defensive team in the NHL. They're in. They're, they're, they're really good. Oh, gosh. I don't know. Really good. I mean, they've been, it, they've so been I'm, I'm good. I'm a kipper that, like, I they've don't think they're, like, good, But I just don't know if they are really good or really deep just yet. Best and they, record in the West. I know. Plus and, and, 29 and, goals. And collectively, they got a lot of th- They're like the Leafs right now where they just got a lot of good things going right now. They're on the right side. They play in all three mm-hmm. zones. And it just it, it's coming along really nicely. I just don't know, again, how, how deep that roster is. To me, it's like, can they score enough in playoffs? Can they score enough when things tighten up, when other teams are playing well defensively and you're playing good teams consistently? Like, I think part of this conversation is the acknowledgement that the Pacific Division is... Not very good. New. Yeah. Right? I mean, Vancouver, Seattle, LA, San Jose, Anaheim, those teams all fine, not good. So, anyway, I have Calgary, Edmonton, Vegas in mind. Yeah, they're, I think that's they're on the cusp for sure. 
And then Minnesota, St. Louis, not in Sammy's. I'm get well, so maybe to, to Minnesota. They've got some issues they're, too. They're in for me. I think I have a bigger league than you guys. I, what do you want? A dozen teams is a reasonable. I got league. ten. I got. I think yeah. I'm. I'm comfortable with the eight. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got two two Champions League teams facing off on Wednesday. So there you go. Toronto, Colorado. Oh yeah. Well, that is. Okay. Uh, Maybe we should have started with Division Three first. <laughs> wow, there's a lot more there. Okay, what do you make of Matt Murray? Oh yeah, in the minors because I want to. You know, I know we only have a few minutes, but okay, I don't get this at all. I know you're not happy with him, but there is no reason why you have to put him on waivers now. All it took is just a two-week conditioning stint. To get him out, go have fun, uh, find your game, find your passion, work on a few things, buy the buy the guys dinner with your six mil every night, yeah. be a hero to them, and then come back up. Why would you devalue an asset? Why would you make your your organization look bad and your owner bad by throwing them to the curb on waivers? So they can only bury 1.2 or something of the cap hit, right? So not that Ottawa cares anyway, but he was making all that money down there. I don't know, is the plan for him just to play there until they can get rid of him? Well, possibly, but it, is, it, is it even movable? No, but I think there's always a thought that, you know, if you can get money in, money out, mm-hmm. that there's a chance that somebody might take them, but... There's, I just didn't see the sense of urgency to to put him on waivers so early right now. What was your experience with guys coming down from the NHL when you were in the minors? Just seeing the Marlies when I was there and yeah. saw, like, the difference between how guys took it. Like, Milan Mahalik came down and was Earth's greatest guy. Like, just bought everyone yes. everything. Everyone loved him. We took loved everyone it. out. And like, when I was with some her, guys she... come down and they pout party and, you know, don't, yeah. don't buy the guys anything. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, was, That's crazy because the first thing we said when we were in Hershey is, oh, Apple money's coming. Apple money. Apple money, NHL money. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> there you go. One way, one way money. Oh. So there's going to be a few dinners. There'll be some, some pops bought yeah. after the game. And generally the guys go out of their way to be a good guy because there's so many new faces again that you probably remember some from training camp, but – you want to get reacquainted, and Matt Murray's gonna—he's gonna go down there, and he's gonna be a hero. Six large, yeah. Everybody's dream. Money is six on the large. board. Big money uh, on the board. Pressure. For- just a little bit of NHL breaking news before we head off here. Uh, apparently, Jack Hughes has signed an eight-year, sixty-four million-dollar contract extension with the New Jersey Devils, and he's I just bet. coming off uh, an injury. injury. Yeah, I think he start. I think he's playing tonight for the first time since he was hurt. There's almost no chance that's not a huge bargain. That's a great contract for New Jersey. There you go. You like that, Kipper? Yeah, I think he's going to be. Yeah, he's. I think he's going to be one of the top scores for them for many years. If you get a guy who scores eight eight, yeah, that's yeah, it. eight yeah. times eight. Yeah, Just contract. Stay healthy, Jack. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> Put on a few pounds. He is we. That is part of the deal. But, yeah, no, I think he's a, he was due for a breakout this year. He was off to a great start. The injury sucked, but I expect him to come back, and uh, he's slippery, man. He's got that, those a, Kane-esque moves. With a contract like that, 
you're going to see New Jersey bump up to Division Two real soon. Oh, they're out of the out of the Division Three. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Arizona. Oh, they're never. They, no, they're just going to live. They're there. playing a different sport. Yeah, this two. is Sunderland till I die. Hey. There's Sunderland. Little over 24 hours, we're going to see two teams from the Champions League tomorrow night: Colorado and the Leafs. We'll get into it a little bit more on tomorrow's show. All right, guys. Thanks for a good couple of hours. JB, you good? Good, good, buddy. Good guest today. All right, Sammy. Derek, thanks for today. As always, you've been listening to The Real Kipper and Born Show on Sportsnet 590. The Fan, we're right back at it tomorrow.